Welcome to our church service for today, Sunday, March 22nd. Our call to worship is Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in grieved pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of the righteousness for his name's sake. Ye, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. enemy. You appoint, anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Please help the church service today to do very well and give my dad the words to say. And please protect our nation from the virus. In Jesus' name, amen. Announcements for today. There's no Wana or Bible study this week. We're still hoping and planning on our Monday-Thursday service at the E3 Church, April 9th. We're still hoping and planning on our Easter morning breakfast, April 12th, with our Easter service to follow. Our prayer family, family for the week is Dana Berkeley. Please keep him in your prayers this week for him to stay healthy, to have a good rest of the calving season, and that God will bless Dana in however or whichever way he needs it. Pray for President Trump. Pray for our church to stay connected and healthy. And pray for Gary to have a quick and nice recovery. So, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for all your goodness, Lord, and I pray for Dana to, to have a good day this day, and um, please help him to stay healthy. Please help God, God, please help President Trump, and please help him to guide our country the way that you would want him to, Lord. I also pray for our church to stay connected, healthy, and us to keep serving you in this time of the viruses. I also pray for Gary to have a quick recovery and for him to get healthy very soon. In your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Right now in our world's history, we're going through a tough time. We're dealing with this coronavirus. Now, thankfully, as of yet, uh, there's nothing in our county, Fallon uh, County, that I've heard of that has confirmed. I know that there's been some tests that have made, been made on people that, whether or not they've had this, uh, they've come back negative. I pray that it stays that way. Um, but it's a very serious thing. It's very contagious. It spreads like wildfire, and hopefully we don't have to experience that in our little community as the rest of the world has. You know, our president has asked that we take necessary precautions in order to per, uh, contain this outbreak, which is part of why uh, we are preaching online as opposed to meeting here as a congregation. The government has mandated that we do not meet in groups of more than 10 people because this is such a serious issue. There's been over 13,000 cases that have been reported. Uh, almost 200 people have died. There's going to be a lot more. A lot more people are going to endure this terrible sickness, and a lot more people are going to die. So I have a, a really big question here. Why is it that I hear that there are college kids in Florida on spring break who are ignoring what the president has said, what the government has mandated? Why, why are they there when the whole rest of the world is trying to do the right thing and to stay home and to stay put and to stop this from spreading. Well, the simple answer is that 
people are going to do whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter what the cost or the risk might be. And really, it's not just dealing with the coronavirus. This actually is the way it is with every area of our life. Uh, people ignore the laws of the land. They go speeding because they want to. They shoot people because they want to. They rob banks because they want to, even though the laws say don't do it. Uh, kids, uh, even athletes who are adults, sometimes get a, a play call from a coach. I want you to do this such and such a play. Uh, you block that person so that someone else can score. And sometimes those players do not follow the coach's direction because they want to do what they want to do, and that's what they're going to do. Uh, kids, sometimes this happens. It's probably happened with us adults as well. We've, we've gotten guidance from our parents for our first-time date. How, how, what is appropriate? What is not appropriate? Well, kids ignore what their parents have suggested or what they want, and they do whatever they want on that first-time date. And it even goes, uh, I haven't gone to the doctor here lately, I think of myself and trying to follow the, the rules and guidelines the doctor gave me to not lift more than 10 pounds, but not everybody says, I'm going to follow, <coughs> I'm going to follow what my doctor tells me. People have their own minds, people have their own wills, and people are going to do what they want to do. Some people are going to be wise, and some people are going to be foolish, but it's a choice. The title of today's message is Fool to be or not to be. But it's a choice whether or not I'm going to be foolish or whether I'm going to be wise. And so we're going to be looking at what Solomon is trying to encourage each of us today is to learn from what he's telling us. Don't go through the path, the tough times that he's gone through. Learn from his mistakes and be that wise person who makes the good decisions. Be careful. Because when you make a decision in life, it's going to have a ripple effect. It's going to have an impact on the rest of your life. And sometimes that can be good, and sometimes that can be positive, and, 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 but other times it can be negative. I encourage you who are listening to this email broadcast to write these down, these three points. Your, if you choose to make foolish decisions, your past will haunt you. You know, I think about those kids on the beach. Right now they're living in the present, but today is going to be tomorrow's yesterday, and that decision that they made for just a short time of fun and entertainment is going to have an impact. It may haunt them the rest of their life. Your present, so that's number one, your past will haunt you. Number two, your present will prove you. Those kids on the beach, they could, have, they could run around trying to convince everybody how great they are, how wise they are, but they're at the beach. And what do you think about those people at the beach? I think they're dumb. I think you're, they're crazy. I think they're asking for trouble. They're asking for heartache. They're asking to be sick. They're thinking only of themselves. They're proving their character. And there are other kids, I'm sure, who wanted to go to that party or to the beach who said, no, I'm going to make the wise choice. I'm going to stay home. They proved their wisdom by staying home, just like these people are proving their foolishness by going to the beach with thousands of other kids just for a short time. So number three is your future will hurt you. The decisions you make now are going to have an impact on your life later. Those kids at the beach, once again, the decisions that they make to spend at the beach now is going to have an impact. For some, it might mean that they get sick and they might possibly die. Others are going to be mourning the loss of a friend or, or scared to death and worried about someone who's fighting for their life because they were at that party. They may be the person who doesn't get sick, but they are the carriers who take it back home to see grandma. And they see mom and dad, and they see their neighbors, and they're passing it on without even realizing it. And all of a sudden, everybody that didn't come in contact with them before are now suffering because their future 
because of the decisions they made today had a negative impact on their future later. So our three points, once again, is your past will haunt you if you make bad choices now. Your present will prove you whether you are wise or foolish, and your future will hurt you based on the decisions I made yesterday. It's going to impact my tomorrow. Let's pray. I'm going to ask God's blessing on this, this message that I feel like he's given me to share, and that he would be blessed and glorified in it. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, for Solomon. I know he made some bad choices in his life, uh, but he's, he's coming around. He's determining what's the right way to go, and we're going to look at that a little bit today. God, I, I just pray for our congregation that we would be the kind of people who are wise in your sight, that we wouldn't just hear what your word says, that we would take it and we put it into practice, and even just everyday examples of life, that we would be wise people, even if that means sacrificing something on our part in order to be uh, a better Christians, better citizens. I just pray that we could be wise. I pray if God now as I open up my mouth to share, I pray that you keep me from coughing. I pray that this can come out clearly and accurately as you want to. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So, first of all, if you choose to walk on the foolish side, your past will haunt you. We're in Ecclesiastes, again, chapter 10, verse 1. It says, As dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. So that word fool or foolish, obviously it's a negative term. It means without reason. It means to be reckless, to have no understanding, to have lack of sense, to be dull and sluggish, to be morally worthless. And just one little piece of foolishness in your life today can wreck your, the rest of your life. So be careful about the decisions that you made. And this starts with, I'm going to start here talking with you younger people, the ones that uh, hopefully you're sitting on the couch trying to hear uh, what God wants to tell to you today. Uh, this is a message to wake up and to listen to, to pay attention to. <coughs> your parents, your grandparents, your coaches, your teachers, your mentors throughout your whole life are going to try to persuade you, to try to convince you, to try to help you to make good and wise decisions. You know, they're going to be in every area of life. For example, <coughs> Kids, your teachers, they might, your parents, they might encourage you to get good grades. I know school's not always that much fun. Probably not now, especially trying to do your school at home when you feel like, I'm not even turning this in, or if it is, I'm not sure if it's graded. And it might be difficult to feel like, I want to do my best. But remember that good, getting good grades is going to affect your life because someday you're going to want to get into that school, whatever school that is. And when you get to that school, don't be like me who had to start over with certain classes that I did in high school poorly. And so it took me a lot longer to get through college. Pay attention to them when they tell you to get good grades. They might remind you to do uh, your best work for that job, at that job you don't like, and that boss that you really could care less about. You know, you know someday in life that could come around again to, to hurt you or to help you. You might need that boss as a reference someday. You might say, no, I'm never going to use them. You might be surprised. You might find yourself asking for that, for a job from that boss again. Life is, you've fallen on tough times later on in life, and you've had to come back. I can speak from experience uh, living in Davenport when I was helping to drill wells. I hated drilling wells. The boss knew I hated drilling wells. Um, and it was a seasonal job, but every, every summer I went back for eight years, and the only way I could have that job back was because I worked hard. I hated the job. I liked the boss, but I worked hard. And he says, okay, I'll take you back on for one more season. He paid really well. 
So I, I can tell you from experience that when your parents tell you to work hard at that job you don't like, do it anyway. They might drill into your minds the importance of saying no to drugs. I know drugs in our world are a big deal. You know, there's, oh, it's not so much, it doesn't seem like a big deal to smoke or to drink or to, to smoke marijuana. It seems like the fun and cool thing to do. That's advice your parents or your teachers or somebody in your life is telling you do not do. Pay attention. Because <coughs> what you do now is going to one day be your past and it will haunt you in the future. And that might just seem like the most boring thing you could ever do. Stay home on a Saturday night instead of going out and partying with my friends. Working hard at this boss for this boss I don't like. Trying to get good grades when I don't even care about the teacher or this class. But that's the kind of thing that they're trying to drill into your mind. That learn now to do the right thing because it's going to impact your life later. And obviously we think of spiritual things. The decisions you make now are going to have an impact later. But for us older people, um, we probably can look back in our own life and say, yep, I've been there and I've done that. I've made some of those bad choices. I've smoked that smoke. You know, I've drank that drink. I've partied with those people. I've walked out on a job and later on regretted it because I needed a reference or I needed another job. It's too late to do anything about it. All you can do is move forward and make better decisions as you go forward. You know, which I, which I highly recommend. You know, even if you feel like, you know what, I can't really make it better from this point on, I encourage you to try. You know, Steve uh, Losing pointed out last week that if you are still here, God has something for you to do. And I'd like to say that if you are still breathing, you can still make wise decisions. I'm 41. I'm working on 42. Um, I'm, I'm younger than some of you, and I'm older than others of you. But the point is that whatever decision I make today or tomorrow or in a week can have negative impacts on my life for the rest of my life. So I have to be very careful about the decisions that I make. Solomon, he gives this picture, a very lovely picture, uh, verse 1 of flies in a perfume. It says, as dead flies give perfume, a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom <coughs> and honor. Now, Think about when this fly first landed in this pool of uh, this sweet-smelling pool. He, he enjoyed it so much, he thought, hey, I've hit the jackpot. And he's just kind of flopping around because he's a fly and he's enjoying this. And uh, once he, he tries to leave, he cannot do it because his wings are wet. And all he can do is just kind of suffer there till ultimately he dies. Other flies have seen this and they join him whether they, they've joined it when life seemed good or whether they're just foolish enough to join the same death trap that this first fly has experienced. But at that point, did the perfume have a bad odor? As soon as that fly died, did it have a bad odor? Or, or when the fly landed, did it have a bad odor? No, it wasn't until after that fly died that that smell started coming up and it wasn't as sweet-smelling as it had been before. The fun that the, the flies thought they were having ended up just killing them. Now, I've mentioned in church and youth group that I've made some dumb choices in my life. And sometimes I wonder, how did that impact the way people saw me? Did that impact jobs that I tried to get? Did that impact girls that I wanted to hang out with, you know, date, whatever? Possibly, I just don't know. I mean, I've, I've mentioned some dumb things. Like I, I told you about throwing a pie in church. I was about 12 years old. And it ended up landing on grandma. I'd be like... Uh, landing on Grandma Sharon right on her lap. She dresses very nice and landed right in her lap right during church. 
How do you think, do you think that was wise or foolish of me? Obviously, it was foolish. When I was 16, my friends and I got together. We just got our driver's license. So guess what we wanted to do? We wanted to drive 100 miles an hour. Dumb, dumb, dumb things that we chose to do. And some people, I mean, obviously, I didn't die from my choices. But some people do. Uh, Leslie knew <coughs> um, her grandmother's niece or, or something that has, was 16 years old, got together with some friends. She was told by her parents, do not do that. Do not go driving with these friends. And she did. And that was the last time she was ever breathing. That the, the, This boy that was driving as a new driver went over these hills and around this corner ran into a tree. He lived. Uh, but this girl died. Going against the wishes and pleas of her parents not to do something like this. Some people die from making these bad decisions. I think there's going to be some of these beach bums who are going to die because of this decision that they made uh, to go against what they were told to do, to, to not go and get public, in public places of more than 10 people. But even if you don't die, you have the potential of having a, a bad reputation that you can't shake. You know, think about the kid who stole, and then later on in life he can't get a job because he's got a record. Uh, as a kid, it's a dumb choice. Uh, but it's going to have an impact on his life later on. You know, there's this quote by Warren Wiersbe. Uh, says, wise people will stay away from falling. You know, it is tough to make up ground in the area of gaining trust with other people. We want to try to plead and beg with people, say, hey, we are different. But our life is going to prove it. And, and once you've made these decisions, it is tough to gain ground. You can still be changed. You can still be different. You, you, some people you can still convince that you are different. Uh, but you, you, there's no guarantee. <coughs> Ultimately, if you are wise or if you are foolish, your true colors are going to shine through uh, to, to whether you're wise or not. So the first thing we just saw is that be careful about the decisions that you make because if they are foolish, your past is going to haunt you. It is going to haunt you. Number two is your presence, your present life that you are living is going to prove you. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. It says, The heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. Even as he walks along the road, the fool lacks sense and shows everyone how stupid he is. And this is the NIV version of it, how stupid he is. I think uh, your actions will prove your life. You can say whatever you want, but when it comes down to what you're choosing to do, it will prove your life. Your actions will prove who you really are. I think this isn't, I think Solomon is more focused on the, the idea of one person who's constantly making foolish choice after foolish choice. I mean, everybody in life is going to make one or two foolish choices. Obviously, I have. I just admitted to it. And, and there's others that I could probably think of that I, I haven't shared. But I, I've made foolish choices. Everybody's not. Everybody's going to make a foolish choice here or there. But I think the idea is somebody who repeatedly makes foolish choices. And I think about the guy who's always going after the get-rich-quick scheme. He's always, he doesn't want to work the slow, the hard way. He's always trying to find that quick buck. That seems foolish. Uh, the guy who walks into the bar at 10 in the morning, and then he walks, when he looks out, when he walks out, he looks like that's where he's been all day because he's, he staggers and he walks around that difficult. It's very obvious. I mean, that's what this verse says. He walks along the road. And the fool shows how stupid he is. Everybody can tell 
by the way this guy is acting, that he is making bad choices. Again, I'm coming back to those beach bums. I feel like they're proving it with their life right now that they are foolish people by doing that. Yes, it's going to be fun for this week. It's going to make memories that last their lifetime, however long that is, but it's very foolish of what they're doing. So why does the fool remain the fool? Well, it's a choice. He's choosing to be the fool. It says his heart inclines to the left. Now, left is not a bad word. I happen to be left-handed. I throw with my left hand. I eat with my left hand. I write with my left hand. And I know there's other left-handed people in here. I just can't see you raising your hand at the moment. In the ancient world, the right hand was the place of power and honor, while the left hand represented weakness and rejection. Left was considered unlucky. But because the fool doesn't have wisdom, he leans towards left. What is wrong? And he ends up getting in trouble for it. He's a guy who won't learn from his own mistakes. He's a guy who won't learn from other people's mistakes. You know, it's like the quote that I read a couple weeks ago. A wise person learns from other people's mistakes. And that's what Solomon wants you to be. He wants you to be wise and learn from his mistakes. A normal person learns from his own mistakes. But a fool learns from nobody's mistakes. And that's what this guy is. He's made mistakes. He's seen other people make mistakes. But he's not learning. He's not changing because of it. You know, and this isn't just old people. You know, this has to do with kids. Uh, Proverbs 20.11 says, even a child is known by his actions. Kids can make very, very wise decisions. But kids can make very, very foolish decisions. And as much as we as humans want to convince and prove to people that we aren't what we really are, it's, hard for, it's easy for people to see our true colors. Both our actions and our words have to line up if we are going to be wise. So first of all, our actions will prove who we really are. But then secondly, our words will prove who we really are. Verses 12b to 14. I'll maybe just read verse 12 and 14. It says, Words from a wise man's mouth are gracious, but a fool is consumed by his own lips. At the beginning, his words are folly. At the end, they are wicked madness. And the fool multiplies words. No one knows what is coming. Who can tell him what will come after him? You know, Solomon paints a picture of a guy who only knows how to talk and talk. All he does is talk. Nothing he says is worth listening to. The more he talks, the more he's convinced convincing people that he doesn't know anything. You know, sometimes people do that. They, they don't know about a topic, but they think if they can just talk for a long time, they will convince you that they know something. Is anybody fooled by that? No, we can see through that. We can tell who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't, even if they talk a lot about it or not. There's a quote that I, I have heard before and I looked up, and it's, it's given credit to either Mark Twain or Abraham Lincoln. It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and to remove all doubt. You know, a Jewish writer by the name of Shalom Alekum put it this way. You can tell what a fool speaks. He grinds much and produces little. He just talks and talks and talks. A fool proves his way that he is a fool by his actions and his words. If the fool doesn't ever stop making foolish decisions, it will be just a, a way of life for him. Everything he does, everything he says, is going to prove that he is a fool. Verse 15. says, the fool's work wearies him. He does not know the way to tell. Now, obviously, working and getting tired is normal. You know, most of you do that on a regular basis. 
<laughs> or have done that throughout your life. So working hard and being tired isn't the problem. If this is a guy who's, uh, he works, but then he can't find his way back to the city after he's done, which may sound like a problem. But in that culture, that day, it was very clearly marked how to get back to the city. I mean, it was a very simple road structure. It was very clear. This is how you need to be. And in 14b, you find that this guy talks and talks and talks and as if he knows about what's in the future, which obviously he doesn't. He doesn't know what's coming. And he, he thinks he's, he's so wise by what he wants to blab and talk about, but yet this guy can't even find his way home, which a child could do. So obviously, this guy is not somebody who is wise. This man is foolish. Everything about him is foolish. He proves it by his actions. He proves it by his words. Foolishness to this guy is just a way of life. So recap, if you choose to make foolish choices in your life, your past is going to haunt you. If you make foolish choices in your life, your present is going to prove you. You're just going to continue being what you are if you continue to make foolish choices. You are going to be that fool. But also, number three, if you make foolish choices, your future is going to hurt you. Your actions now are going to hurt you in the future. Verse 18, it says, if a man is lazy, the rafters sing. If his hands are idle, the house leaks. Here's the picture of a lazy man. As somebody who doesn't even have the energy and the effort or the willingness to, to take care of his own house, he sees the problem, he watches it get worse and worse, and yet he does nothing about it. You know, when I had my uh, gallbladder out, I came home on Tuesday, and uh, for a few days I just laid on the couch. Now, I got a little exercise, but I, I laid on the couch, and I put on the movies my kids don't like, A Ma and Pa Kettle. Uh, if you don't know it, it's an old black and white TV series of, uh, of these parents that have about 15 kids. Uh, pa Kettle's a, a little man who does not do anything. He does not work. Um, he always is saying, when there's a problem, I'll, I'll fix that one of these days. Until finally things cannot be repaired. And he doesn't work, so he doesn't have any money to pay somebody else to take care of it. And all I can see is this is the fool. Paul Kettle is the fool that's being talked about here. The roof is sagging, the roof is leaking. I'll get to it one of these days. The point is that the fool sees what needs to be done, and he never does it. At first, it was okay to let it slide for a day or two, but over time, he never fixes it, and it ruined him. You know, we can be the same. We can be the fool just the same as Paul Kettle, the same as this guy that's being talked about. If I have bills to pay, and I, and I put paying them off and paying them off, I can increase the interest. I could be paying interest. If I have a car loan and I don't pay it, I can lose my car. If I don't pay the light bill, I can have the lights shut off. Obviously, right? If I don't, if I am foolish and I put it off, it's going to bite me. If I have a little problem in my house, if I have a little leak, or if I have uh, a little, just a little issue, of, but I don't take care of it, all of a sudden this little issue can become a great big issue. If I have a relationship in my life that is, that is not healthy, that needs to be fixed, and I don't take the time now to fix it, it's only going to get worse until maybe some someday my choices now will, will get to the point where that person dies and I had no chance to try to fix that relationship with them. My actions now 
putting things off is going to have an impact on my life later. At some point, it's going to be too late. So my future, my actions now are going to hurt me in the future. If, if I make foolish actions now, I will, they'll hurt me in the future. But if I say foolish things now, that's also going to hurt me in the future. Verse 20. It says, do not revile the king, <clears throat> even in your thoughts, or curse the rich in your bedroom, because a bird of the air may carry your words, and a bird on the wing may report what you say. You know, I picture this guy, he's sitting on his, he's sitting in his room, he's sitting in his chair, and he starts to just think and grumble about this person in, <coughs> in authority over him. He's hating this guy. Um, he, he, there's this guy who's rich, and he's cursing him in his bedroom. Just starts in his mind. He just starts to let it roll around how much he, it's not fair that he doesn't have what that person has. It's not fair that the decision that this leader is making and it makes him mad. And then he starts to rumble. Somebody knocks on the door and comes in. And then he starts to talk about it. And he, he you know, and, and before long, he's let, he shared his true feelings about what he thinks about these other people with this person thinking it's all safe. And then, uh, that person says, I'll, I'll keep it quiet. I won't tell anybody. But all of a sudden, that person's with some other people. And oops, it slipped out that Josh felt this way about the president. Or uh, that I felt this way about this other person who had something that I didn't have or could do something that I didn't do. And the person didn't mean to tell. But all of a sudden, the words that I thought were in confidence that I said that were not supposed to be shared are going out there. Almost as if that bird who's sitting there listening, who chirps, was given the ability to talk and took it straight to that person and said, here's, listen to what Josh said about you. Sure, I felt better for the moment. I got it off my chest. I got somebody to agree with me. But once those words left my lips, I couldn't take them back. And once those words got to that person, I'm in big trouble. And all I can do is beg for forgiveness. And in my life, I have opened my big mouth and said things. And, and it has gotten to places where I did not want it to go. And I got to eat humble pie, and I got to beg and plead for forgiveness because I said something stupid. If you are not careful, your words will hurt you in the future. If you spout off your feelings about your boss um, to a coworker, it may seem like it's okay. But it's probably going to bite you in the, the tail end when the coworker accidentally tells somebody else, and ultimately the boss finds out. If you get mad at your spouse or your significant other, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you tell other people in a fit of frustration, it could come back to haunt you. I've seen it happen with a couple that I know. They were apart from each other. The wife just spoke all this about her husband. And then at some point, they had to try to come back together and make it right. It was very difficult. If you are the person who wants to, to talk smack about your teacher or your coach or even your neighbor because you don't like a decision that they made, words have a way of getting back to that person, just as if the bird took them. <coughs> So the big questions are, if I have done something foolish, am I doomed to be that way forever? You know what? I don't think so. Sure, you may have an uphill battle trying to convince people that you turn the corner, that you are now wise instead of foolish, and you may never be able to convince them that you are different, but that's okay. You know, who, whose opinion really matters? It's God's. He's watching. He, tells, he can tell that there's a difference in your life and the way that you are trying to make good decisions over bad. So that's the first question is, the first question is, am I doomed to be foolish because I made foolish decisions? No. You can change and not be that fool anymore. 
Number two, if I want to avoid foolishness and gain wisdom, how do I do it? I don't want to be that fool. I want to make those good decisions. What do I do? Well, first thing is, there's a point to be made in learning from the experiences of others. This is exactly what Solomon is trying to do. He's very transparent. He's very blunt. He's very clear and open, saying, do not do what I did. Learn from what I've done. Take it from the horse's mouth. If you are wise, you will learn from my experience. Please don't waste time learning it for yourself. Or be like the fool who will never learn it at all. And the second thing, we're at the, the tail end of the book. We started off with the, the, the best words of the whole book on, on how to avoid foolishness, on how to be wise. And hopefully you remember this, but if not, <coughs> turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. It says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Wisdom is found in fearing God. Not in the fear that he's going to strike me dead because I didn't do exactly what he wanted the way he wanted to, me to, but a healthy fear out of love and respect and not wanting to hurt the God who loves me. Just as children uh, feel about their parents, not that they're going to get a spanking or a smack, but because we don't, as kids, kids don't want to hurt or embarrass their parents. They don't want to make them feel ashamed. They want them to be proud of them. That's the way we need to feel towards God. We want him to be proud of us. But also, there's the saying no to doing what's wrong, to fear God. Uh, as, as part of it is involved in saying no, but it's also saying yes to what is right. Well, how do I do that? How do I know what is right? Well, I find that in reading God's Word. And there's so much wisdom in here. And I know it's hard to study some of this out. There are a lot of resources. BibleHub.com BlueLetterBible.org Got questions or biblequestions.org something like that or i think it's gotquestions.org there are numerous resources there are your parents there's each other that you can talk to you can talk to me i will do my best to help you understand the wisdom that god wants us to have there are, there's there's listening to bible preachers online who can help develop that out yes it does take work but if you're going to be wise it's going to take time it is going to take effort but it's worth it Everything that you do, everything that you say is going to have a ripple effect on your life. So if you make bad decisions, remember that your past is going to haunt you. It is a, almost a guarantee your past will haunt you. Remember that your present will prove you. You try to convince everybody that you're wise or foolish, your present life is going to prove what you really are. And your future will hurt you if you make bad decisions now. At some point, it's going to creep up and cause you problems. So let me ask you, what are you going to do now? Are you going to be wise and make good decisions, knowing that the choices that you make now are going to have an impact on your life somehow, someday? Or are you going to be like the fool, the ones on the beach right now, sitting there ignoring all the advice of the president and our government? Or are you going to be the, the, the person, uh, take the advice that your personal circle has to offer you, your parents, your coaches, your teachers, your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts? Those who have been there, who have done that, who are trying to save you from heartache, just like Solomon is trying to save you from heartache. The choice is yours. To be a fool or not to be a fool, it's up to you. Whether or not you're going to play the part of the fool or the part of the wise. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We are going to choose the wise. We are going to choose the, 
to, to fear the Lord. And I want to pray and ask God that he would help you to do the same. You might be the wisest person in your house. You might be the wisest person in this church. But I want to pray and ask God that he would help you to be wiser still. Just that I, I want him to help me and my family to be wiser still. To fear God and to keep his commandments and to make good choices in the, every area that he has uh, made up as a part of our life. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for helping me get through this message. I thank you, God, so much for what you have taught me about how important it is to make good decisions, how my past can haunt me, and how my present will prove me, and how my future can, can cause me heartache and cause me problems if I make bad decisions now. God, I want to be the wise person, and I want my family to be a wise family, and I want everybody in this church to be wise, God, in every area of their life in the healthy areas relating to what our government has to say, but mostly, God, in the spiritual areas. And, God, I know it's hard to understand at times what your word says. I know it takes lots of work to get in there and figure out what you want us to do, and it takes lots of courage to put it into practice. God, we want to be a wise church that you can look on one day when you see us face to face, and we want to hear, well done, a good and faithful servant. So, God, please fill us with your wisdom, fill us with the desire to go in wisdom, and to live for you. And God, I do pray you protect our church, protect our town, protect our county from this virus. And for those people who are working hard to keep this virus from spreading, to, to find the antidote to keep this, to keep people alive and healthy, I pray that you would bless them uh, with the ability to do that as well. Give them wisdom. Help us to be people of wisdom and to live it in our life every day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.